weekly message from Encounter, where your past has no future and hope is reborn. Here is today's special guest speaker. Seven individuals ready to go. So, Ira Clark, would you come? Everybody's staring at you, except for the lady in the back on her phone. <laughs> Made you look. All right. I got 30 seconds to mess this up, four and a half minutes to hope God fixes it. All right. So I titled this Blame Game. You ever meet somebody that they're going through a hard time and they just, they want nothing to do with God, they're now, this is God's fault. It's, he's the one that did this. I'm living this way because of him. This is how he made me. I'm sure we've all heard that. Would you believe that person is actually has a relationship with God? Probably not, because they probably don't understand something. But what about somebody who says, you know, I'm just, I'm really struggling right now. You know, I, I've had a hard life. You know, it's just God's will for my life. What about that? No. That, there's a, a key verse that um, we have to, we're going to refer back to this a lot. Jeremiah 29:11. I want to kind of read this a little bit slow. You guys catch up with me if you can. I'll try to go slow. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Okay, so we've established that He knows what He's thinking. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. That verse is so important when you bring it into understanding God's will for your life. You've got to understand something. God's will is not God's plan. God's will for your life is how he created you. What did he create you for? Look back to the Garden of Eden want to see an establishment of what God was trying to do that is the best place to look because that's what he started with. That's what he wanted. He designed it. What was that? That was to have a relationship with him. That, that was the sole purpose of everything. He spent six days creating everything in existence for us. That's a story for another day. I'll get to it at point. He created it for us and then that point forward was to have a relationship with us. Simple example. I take a bunch of clay. I start molding this clay, and I decide I'm going to make a coffee cup. That is what I wanted that cup to be. That is what I wanted that clay to be, a coffee cup. I didn't design it to be a spoon, a fork. It was a coffee cup. It was meant to do one thing for me because I'm the one who created it and that was to be a coffee cup I put it in the kiln something happened and that's got a crack so it does not hold my coffee so now it's useless right because it's not what I intended it to be that was not by my choice but I intended it to be a coffee cup now it's not so now I'm going to make a plan I can either fix this cup 
and use it as a coffee cup. My house, it can be a scoop for dog food. Done that. It could be a soup cup. Oh, you know what? You can even stick it on your desk and put pens in it. Now, I've made something useful out of that. What was evil was meant and now turned to good. It's no longer a useless cup. It is now used for something important. So when you're in a problem or a situation, it, it, simply just look. Little Billy, my son, I want you to grow up, have a miserable life, and I want you to die a horrible, painful, miserable death. I mean, really? We're going to give those attributes to God? Why would we say this is God's will that I go through this? When you have somebody that is battling depression, and they say, it's just God's will for my life. Stop! That is not his will. Okay? His will is not that you suffer or that you have misery or that you're homeless or that you're addicted to anything. That's like looking at your kid and say, dude, I hope you die from alcohol. Why? Why would we think God would do that? that that's not him. Look back here. Does it fit with this scripture? Thoughts of peace and not evil. Is that depression? Depression's not peace. Anger's not peace. A future and a hope. Is addicted to drugs, future and hope? No, that's not God's will. Somebody says it's the will that I'm going through this right now. Does it fit here? Is it peace? Is it future? Is it hope? No, then it's not God's will. And you have to understand he'll have a plan to take what's evil to you and make it good. Read that scripture again. I will still hang on John, what was it, 3.16? That he gave his only son to die for us so that we would have forever life. These men from ELO, actually this whole congregation, we're a living testimony to God's hope our hope in God. All of us. The only person that truly knows my past good is my daughter. 
God had a lot of hope in me. I was in a very bad place and I chose to be there. I can't even speak of the things that I've done. But God had hope in me. He brought me here. I was driving down that road. I knew I was looking. And it was like he was sitting in the passenger seat and said, turn in here. And how many years has it been now? Seven? Eight? I ain't leaving. God's got a hold of me. Don't never lose hope. No matter what it is. Never lose hope. I hope I can use you, Brother Randall, for a quick minute. From the first time I met you to now, you're God's work. Same thing with Matthew. Same thing with Mighty Mike. Same thing with uh, Justin back here. James. You're the new guy on the block. You're going to join all this. I know you are. <laughs> My prayer for everybody here always, just never lose hope, because he has a whole lot of hope in us. Amen. Uh, some of you might look at me and say, well, he's kind of short. I am. Gravity took over. I'm about an inch short of being average. Some of you might look at me and say, well, he's kind of thick. I, I am. I'm kind of thick. Some might look at me and say, well, he's kind of old. You know, older, you wouldn't say that. I am. Some of you look at me, might look at me and say, he looks tired. I got bucket eyes, okay? That's what my family all have bucket eyes, all right? If you know my family, you know that. But you know what? I thank God I'm a part of a church that so don't look at that. I, we do, but we don't really. We, we don't look at it as, as a judgment, right? We just don't look at We don't look at each other that way. It's good to be part of a family like that. I, uh, uh, you know, but what we can't see is what's on the inside. You know, if you're born again, you got, you've been born of the Spirit of God, and God has made his, you a dwelling place. He's inside you. You can't see that in me, can you? You can't see it in each other. So what, what my message is about is, what's up? Now, there was an old beer commercial. I'm not going to talk about it, but it was funny. What's up? You know, it's that commercial. But, uh, you know, so I have three points. I'm not going to get to them all, but I'm going to get to a few of them. The spirit of the living God dwells in our human spirit. That's Christ in us, the hope of glory, right? And then we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You could even say that we're possessed with the Spirit of God. Amen? You'll put my scripture up. <laughs> uh, to dwell means to abide as a permanent resident or to inhabit for a time, to live in a place. God abides in us. He's in us. Look at the scripture. It says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised up Christ from the dead will also give you life 
to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. Isn't it good to know that God dwells in us? I'll tell you this, that God is never, the spirit of God that's in you is never afraid. He is never afraid. He's never selfish. He never sleeps. He's never critical. He never complains. You could preach about every one of these. He never, he never gossips. He never makes mistakes. The Spirit of God in you never makes mistakes. He never gives up. He's never offended. He never backs down from confrontation. We had some of that yesterday. He's always honest. The Spirit of God in you is always honest. He'll, he'll be honest with others. He's always pure. He's always loving. He's always kind. He's always gentle. He's always confident. We might lack confidence, but the Spirit of God in you does not lack confidence. Uh, He's always right, and he's, he's always ready to do more. I'm going to share a, my third point as much as I can until the buzzer goes off. He, I was in a, a small house meeting, and there was five of us there. And we were sitting around a round table, and Jesus showed up. And I'm just gonna, not going to spend a whole lot of time on all this. And he was handing out things to people. And one of the things he handed out was a prophecy, and this is what was said. I am the Lord, and I want to do more. What about the Spirit of God in you wants to do more? We don't need a move. We need to move. <laughs> uh, the Spirit of God in you wants to do more. And here's what I'm going to i got three little things I'm going to try to say. It's one, one is uh, he wants to establish in us righteousness in his peace and his peace and his joy. He needs to establish that in you. He wants to. He's after that. He's going to do it. Uh, he wants to establish his kingdom on this earth, in this nation. Now, in order to do that, he's going to have to go places that maybe uh, maybe he's not there right now. Maybe God doesn't have a guy uh, in, in a certain area on this earth that can uh, proclaim and activate his will. Just, uh, and it, and if, this, if God doesn't have somebody there, guess who will be there? The enemy will put somebody there. That's a longer message for some other time. But in his spirit, from his spirit, God wants to pour out upon all flesh, doesn't he? Doesn't he say that? So if you have the spirit of God in you and you go, and you go, and, and this is kind of my wind-up part, as you go, heal the sick. That's what scripture says. As you go, cleanse the lepers. As you go, raise the dead. And as you go, cast out devils. That's what we're supposed to do as we go. Well, where are you going? I don't go to work. Do that on the way. When you go to the grocery store, do it there. When you uh, go to sit down. scripture but we're going to just jump to 20 but you have not so learned Christ if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts 
and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. And basically, since I skipped those first verses, spoiler alert, it gives us a really nice detailed bit about what our life is like and who we are when we don't have Jesus Christ. And none of it's like desirable, none of it's good. Um, but it gives us a direction after explaining that to go somewhere, to do something, to be something different. And I titled this that the devil hates different. Um, I think the most prime example that I could give is growing up and the life that I led before knowing Jesus Christ. Um, I didn't just not know my heavenly father. I didn't know my earthly father very well. And I think the turmoil that it put me in, I can't speak for him, was so exact to that old man and what that scripture gives us. Um, it was corrupt. It was deceitful. None of it was according to the image of God. And something different happened. My dad came into my life. And I think if, without getting into the nitty-gritty details, if I were to stand here and just contrast that within the decade, there was a point in time I didn't know my dad. I was drug addicted. I was running away from home. I had dropped out of school. I was all these different things of corrupt and deceitful. And now it's Sunday morning, and I'm standing before my congregation preaching after my father just stood up in front of the congregation. And the devil hates different. <laughs> um, there's, I, I can't remember exactly where it's at, but I know that it talks about how, basically for me, what I know true about this is that it asks us to put on the new man. So we get saved, and we still have to put on the new man. There's something we still have to do. And when it says renew in the spirit of your mind, I had to go look up this definition. It says, to resume after interruption, establish a relationship, repeat action or statement. Okay, so that right there lets us know that just because we're saved by Jesus Christ, we need to keep running to the Father, keep going to him, and letting him renew us in the spirit of our mind. That old man, he don't want to leave. The devil hates different. He hates when you start doing things that you didn't used to do before. You didn't go to the Father before. You didn't. You, di you were still corrupt. You were still deceitful. So when he asks us to come to him, to put on the new man, to do this, to walk in him, for me that lets me know that the enemy, even once we're saved, wants to keep us. That's how we, we just got done talking about will. His will for us is not to be corrupt or walk in lewdness or be deceitful. So the plans and his will for us as we're moving forward are never going to be corrupt. They're never going to be deceitful. The enemy needs you to think that if you stand still or if he can pull you back, that's the only way that he can keep you corrupt or deceitful. So moving forward and putting on that new man the devil hates that you're doing things different because if you're doing it different, you can move forward. 
He can't, it's the only way that he can make you think that he's won, because he hasn't, he's defeated, is to keep you stagnant or keep you walking back. And I just want to encourage everybody that if there's an area of your life that things don't look right, they don't feel right, they're not matching up to the word and the will of God for you, do something different. Do something different. Don't just stand there. Don't go back to the old way that put you there in the first place and it wasn't moving you forward. Do something different because the devil hates it. Bendito sea, Señor. Amén. title is 11 your hands and uh, you see she has 11 fingers but it's a play on words I'll tell you judges 4 chapter 4 now Deborah a prophet the wife of Lapidoth was leading Israel at that time she held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim and the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh and Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun, and, send, and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River, and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Certainly I will go with you, said Deborah, but because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. The Lord gave me um, this, 11, your hands. I wanted to put that in your head about 11 and just give you a, a visual with 11. It has nothing to do with the number. It's in Spanish. 11 is raise. In Spanish, the, as it's spelled out, eleven your hands, raise your hands. And he told me this about um, women and women in ministry. We have historically, some of us have really struggled with this because of what Paul has taught us. But we have to look for biblical proof that there are women in ministry. Deborah being called as a judge. Uh, there were apostles who were female, and there were prophetesses who, again, female. And he said to me two things about this. The love in your hands was being that the woman first was in submission to God. She raised her hands first to him. The second was that she raised her hands in permission to a man. And he gave it to her. So if you're a woman in ministry, you should have a covering. I have a covering through my pastor, through my church. It is because of how God ordained Adam first. We are serving side by side. Took us from the rib. But because of the calling, you need a covering. I have given several of you ladies, because of this, a word. And it is built on a woman's name in the Bible. I'm going to give you that word based on what I believe that the Lord has told me about this person in the Bible. 
please note, this is not just a word for women. This is a call to the men of this church because they are desperate need of covering from what the Lord has revealed to me. Um, Hannah, if you just stand. I'm not going to call your name. I don't want it on Facebook. But Hannah, you're a man. Extend to your hand um, to them. You're not Hannah, but you're representing. Okay. <laughs> One has to do with being um, barren. And we're praying toward that end that there is a filling. But there's another one that's a spiritual barrenness. I've been crying out for quite some time. Your covering's not there, but we're going to cover you because you're about to give birth. And you need to know that. There's a spiritual birth coming in your home, over your husband, and in your children. There's a spiritual covering, and there's going to be a spiritual birth. Mary. You gave birth, not one, not two, but three Christ-anointed people. And at this current time, there is a time that they are, at least one, are in a desert. And this desert is a desert of temptation, where Jesus walked for the 40 days. And what they were requiring is word. If you as mom remember that you gave birth to the Christ child and the anointed these anointings are with them already. They just need the word of God to be their defense. And this is not going to just be in your home and in your offspring. It's going to be for the other teens that you're ministering to when you can get those words to defend them before others. And you need covering for that. Um, Miriam. Uh, there's a Moses in your home. And Miriam, you have permission to sing in victory. That's what he wanted to say, say to you. Esther, I've given the words already before you at your uh, baby shower and you before in prayer. But this is because you are someone who is, the Lord has been, um, <laughs> has placed you as head redeemer over your homes, over your families, and over your generations. And um, through the men in your life, as you go before them, men, you need to extend that scepter to keep that covering going. Deborah, you're a fighter. You've been placed to fight. You've got a calling. It's hard. It's a prophetic calling. Okay, because you're a prophetess. And you have to know this. The covering in your home isn't, but it will be. Okay? For now, men step up. She needs the covering. I know, Papa, you're on it. Jael is not here, but I'm going to speak to Jael right now. Jael, you used to play with the demons, but now you're a demon slayer. And I want you to know, Jael, that um, 
you've, you've done so for me and you're doing so for others. So your covering is very much needed as well. Martha. Martha there is working constantly for the kingdom and it's better good. Your work is not in vain and God is seeing the greatness that's coming out of it and you need to know that your reward is huge and incoming. You haven't had that covering, but guess what? It's there. It's there, very much so. Mm -hmm. Ruth. You have been a, a sidekick to women. You are a woman of encouragement. There are so many Naomi's who are let down right now, and the words that you are giving are life-giving. So I am so excited that your Boaz is now covering you, <laughs> and it's official. And my um, Elizabeth, you are barren. You are pregnant. It is a pregnancy of promise, and you're about to give birth. Whatever that promise was, don't forget it. Hold on to it. It's coming forth, and you are very pregnant with it right now. You're about to give birth to it. Okay. And Anna. Sorry, I had to save my best for last. Anna, you have been called to be a prophetess for your generations. And once you see the Lord Jesus Christ in his full revelation and full understanding when he's really put to you, not just because you know, not because you've just been waiting on him, but in his full revelation, that's when it's going to explode for you. start with, uh, I got a definition, it's a short, I shortened it, uh, but it's resentment brought about by a perceived insult to one's standards or principles. Um, now, there are two most common ways people tend to get offended. One is, they have been genuinely hurt by somebody. Anybody in here been genuinely hurt by somebody? It's just just happens, right? And number two is they believe they've been genuinely hurt. The two kind of sound similar. The similarity is the person feels hurt. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that hurt. You know, God revealed to me that an external hurt is very much similar and has the same results as an internal hurt. If we get cut on our arm, it's a deep cut in our arm, on our arm, what's the first thing that we do? We cover it. We cover it and we go uh, to the doctor, right? 
while we're there at the doctor, the doctor will do, he'll, he'll clean it and stitch it back up, put a bandage on it, and let time heal it. The internal hurt is the same exact way. We get hurt internal, what's the first thing we want to do? Cover up. Now, if you're doing things correctly, then you're immediately going to go to the greatest doctor there is, Jesus Christ, who's going to cleanse you, wrap you up, and heal you. Now, let's take a look at what happens when we don't go to the doctor. I get cut on my arm, and because... How many of you guys have ever done this? My dad was this. Well, I'm not going to the doctor for nothing. Man, just put some, uh, um, yeah, some duct tape on it or some super glue. PB, oh, man. I about cut my arm off with a Sawzall. Yeah, you know, super glue, duct tape, you know. That, that's good and all, and you'll probably be able to finish what you're doing in that moment. But here's one real, here, here's a realistic uh, thing that is fixing to happen. That thing's fixing to fester. It's fixing to get infected. And now you don't have to worry about maybe losing your arm. That thing's got to go. Because if you don't, that infection will what? Get into your heart, which, I mean, get into your blood, which leads to your heart, and it'll destroy your whole body. This is what the spirit of offense wants to do to you. It wants you to, to go in your room and keep it to yourself and it wants you to pace back and forth and get bitter, get angry, and get rooted in, into, into that. So let's take a look at my verse here. We're going to take a look at one of the first persons I believe ever got offended. That's Cain. We're reading out of Genesis 4. This is what the Lord says. Now, now look, we know Cain and Abel were sent to oversee, uh, 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 Cain uh, uh, tended to the uh, uh, crops, Abel tended to the, the, the sheep, the animals, and they were only asked to do one thing, hey, give me your best, just give me your best, right? Okay, now, uh, they went to go get an offering, and uh, Cain, he just didn't do that. He kept some back for himself. Now, this is what the, the Lord says about it. He says, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? Why are you so downcast? If you do what's right, you will be accepted. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door, and it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. I love this about God, man, because, listen, God recognized what Cain did. He didn't need anybody to tell him what he did. He wanted Cain to realize what he did. So I'm going to encourage each and every one of you guys today. This is why I titled it Jumping Fences. Guys, listen, the first thing you want to do, the book says if, someone, if your brother's offended against you or uh, uh, come get you, go to your brother quickly. Don't let it fester. Don't let bitterness take over. Amen. Bless the Lord. I've got 300 seconds. So the Lord gave me this today. It is the truth mystery. John 4, 24 says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Yes, 
Let me say that again. God is a spirit, right? He's, I, I, I got to say this over and over again. Listen, you're not alone here today, okay? He, he's not set up in a, on a throne someplace way far away from here in a place called heaven. Whew, hallelujah. Can I tell you today that he's right here? Can someone say amen to that, all right? He's right next to you, all right? That, that I want to change your perspective about what God is in your life, all right? No matter where you, whew, hallelujah, no matter where you sit spiritually today, you might feel like you're all that and ready to go, or you might feel like you've, you're, you're a broken road. Can I tell you, whew, hallelujah, that God is with you? Can someone say amen to that? Hallelujah. He's with you, all right? That same spirit that was with Moses when he took off toward the Red Sea, that same spirit, he's with you right now. He's in this place. That same spirit that tore down the walls of Jericho, he's right next to you in your life. That same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, is that same spirit is right with you. And, and why is that so important? Because the enemy wants to tell us today that God is way out there. He's, he's cutting his fingernails, all right, Matt? He's sitting there. He's, he's getting the wax out of his ears. See, he maybe can hear your prayers. Woo, hallelujah. Can I tell you today uh, that God knows where you're at this morning. He knows where you're broken. He knows where the situation is. And he, woo, hallelujah, he wants to tell you today he knows. And you're no longer alone. You're not alone. Recognize that. And why is that so important? Because when you recognize that you're not alone, you recognize that he wrote the word of God so you could see his heart. The word of God where it says uh, in, in, in Jeremiah 17, 7, it says, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Can someone say amen? Hallelujah. John 14, 27, it says, My peace I leave unto you. Don't be afraid. How many does, how many's tired of being afraid? Can you say amen that? Well, listen, the Holy Spirit's right next to you. He's right there. He's not way off wondering, well, one day the rapture's coming. He's here to tell you that he knows where you're at. And he has an answer for your life. He's got a plan for you. All he wants you to do is recognize, oh, hallelujah, recognize that he is there. And he loves you. Last one, First Peter. 5-7 says, cast your cares upon him, for he careth for you. You, my friend, are not alone. It might seem that the enemy puts you in a house when you were younger and you had no place to live and you broke into that house. But guess what? When he began to pray, pastor began to pray, what did he find out? He found out God was there too. Can someone say amen? He wasn't alone, Matt. He wasn't. When it seemed, uh, I can tell you this, uh, I was uh, at Metro General Hospital uh, sometimes about five years ago, and I was just told that I've got cancer, and they're going to take my kidney. And I was laid uh, up ready to make my appointments, and the enemy sat there and said, <laughs> you've preached the gospel, now what? And guess what happened? Holy Spirit said, oh, but I'm here too. Whew, hallelujah. I'm here also. Can I tell you that it was just a, a few weeks later, they took my kidney. But Matt, it was wrapped around with a, a seven centimeter uh, cancer snake. But you know what? Whew, hallelujah. 
They, caught, they said I was cancer free. Two years later, they did all the tests. You know what? In the, in the hallway where the enemy wanted to be depressed and feel that I was lost, he said, no, I am here. Don't forget that today. No matter where you're at, he has a plan for salvation. Yes, he does. His name is Jesus. But he has a plan for your personal life. Listen to his word. Listen to as he speaks to you, even today. You might say, my week's been horrible. It seems I, was, I went from one to another. It's okay. God's there. Trust in his word. Trust that he is God. special guest speaker today at Encounter. All of our guest speaker messages can be downloaded from our website, godenc.com. Messages from Bishop Michael Rice are freely available on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.